We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes. As always, thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Aaron McCullough a speaker, presenter, and joy coach who works with leaders and entrepreneurs to address anxiety and to find their joy. Aaron's journey started with developing an anxiety disorder that became so extreme that she couldn't leave her house. After a year, she found some relief from a homeopathic psychiatrist and moved to Hawaii. There, she built a thriving business and started a family. Yet she realized she was still living a life that had her constantly stressed out and overwhelmed, and she started searching for answers, reading self-help books, and attending seminars. After her divorce, she found herself looking for tools to help her, but nothing seemed to stick. She credits her turning point when she started reading A Course in Miracles, particularly where she was encouraged to start living a life of joy. She also attended a visualization workshop, which taught her the tools she needed to transform her life, enabling her to sell her business and move to a new stage of her journey. It was then that she started a business teaching and coaching others about how to live a more joyous life. 
As a joy slinger, Aaron teaches that we create our own experiences and that in recognizing that we are not our thoughts or feelings, but a being who can focus on creating a life we love and living in joy. Joy, distinct from happiness, is not dependent on external factors, such as who or what is in our life. She stresses that the pursuit of making money cannot be our end goal, that we need to find our alignment with our purpose in life. Now, let's get better together. Aaron McCullough, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me here. Thrilled well, to be here. Well, I appreciate your time. I really do. And what's great about what you're doing and how you've sort of your entrepreneur life, I guess, has kind of evolved and grown and moved around. I mean, it's just such a fascinating story. I can't wait, you know, wait to get into it. I mean, you you <laughs> you call yourself the uh, joy slinger, <laughs> which I love as a kind of metaphor for just all things. Yeah, just we'll we'll totally unpack that a little bit later. But um, before we get into all that, I would love to hear how you got to do what you're doing today. Well, thanks, and thanks again for having platforms to talk about this stuff. It's so important, I think. Um, so it all started with, I uh, was in a counseling session with an ex-boyfriend. We were going to do some couples counseling and I had a panic attack in that first session. And I'd never had one before as it were, it was in the Bay area. And I, um, I didn't have any idea what it was. And the counselor picked up on it right away. And she told me what it was and, um, asked me if I want to do some individual counseling. And I said, sure. So I went ahead and did that. And through that counseling process, through that talk therapy, I ended up creating an anxiety disorder. Um, and I'm not against talk therapy. Uh, I think it, it is, it has its place certainly. And, um, but I'll tell you after studying the mind, I realized why that happened. It was because I was, um, you know, saying my trauma story over and over and over and over again. And the, the mind and how it works. We'll talk about that later, probably. But um, so it just decided some things and started this ball rolling into this anxiety disorder, which incidentally uh, had me hold up in my home for nearly a year. Um, wow. Because, and it didn't start with that, right? It started wow. with, you know, having the ang- uh, panic attacks and then having more panic attacks and then having them doing certain activities. Like I used to run a lot. I had a gnarly one while I was running and I was training for a half marathon at the time. Wow. And um, I thought I was going to like pass out in the ditch and nobody was going to even notice, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm sort of chuckling about it now um, just because your mind will get you thinking that those things are real. And um, so then I just stopped doing certain rights. So I stopped running because I guess I just can't run right now. And then I stopped doing all these activities and all of a sudden I find myself in my home not able to go out, so afraid, you know, stopped working, all the things. So about eight months into that experience, my counselor finally said, I need to refer you to a psychiatrist. And she did, as it were, was a homeopathic psychiatrist. She had a three-hour interview. She gave me a remedy. Within 20 minutes after taking that remedy, almost all of my anxiety was gone. I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I might actually have a life here. The thing that I didn't recognize was that while the chemistry piece was negotiated with that remedy, the, the, you know, mental, spiritual side of things, not so much. Mm -hmm. 
So I immediately decided I'm going to move to Hawaii to a small town, you know, paradise, all the things it's going to make it all better. What I didn't realize is I was the X factor there that was going to create that whole thing all over again, yeah. right, but in a different way. Yeah. Where you are is, I mean, you bring everything with you. hundred <laughs> percent. So here I moved to Hawaii thinking new lease on life. I immediately start a business. It takes like within 24 hours, I had my first client. Like this is how crazy I am <laughs> or was. <laughs> and it takes off like gangbusters, like craziness within 18 months. I've got 20 plus employees. I've got multi six figure contracts. I never had a business before. I didn't know what I was doing. I used to be a special ed teacher. <laughs> so I didn't know what I thought I was going to do with all this, but and, um, you know, and just as my usual craziness, overwhelmed, stressed out, anxiety all the time, learning all the new things. It was exciting, you know, it was exciting having all the things that entrepreneurship can bring, which is, you know, sometime flexibility, although I would say I worked a whole heck of a lot prior to having a kid. Um, and uh, I certainly had some money freedoms for sure, did a lot of traveling and things like that. Um, but it was, um, it was not a pleasant experience. And about 10 years into that business, um, I had a client call one morning and she was not happy. And, uh, I would get fanatical about clients calling and complaining, you know, and she was definitely explaining to me why I should not be in business. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, got to hop to it. So I called a friend and I said, look, can I drop my kid off at your house? while I go negotiate this thing. I race over there. I back into her driveway and I sideswipe my car and her husband's truck. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Nothing, no damage to his truck. My whole side is like dented in. And um, I drop my kiddo off. I come back a couple hours later and she's like, um, everything went fine, but I need to talk to you about something. When you hit my husband's truck, he was under it working on it and he thought it was going to land on him. Whoa. And I just, I mean, even just saying it now, I just, it's like, I can't believe that was me. You know, Gary. they almost killed this guy because I'm in a hurry because somebody's complaining about something like that's ridiculous. And I just like, that was, it just rocked me to my core. So I said, you know what? Like, I've got to find a different way to go through this life. Like, this is not acceptable. So I, you know, immersed myself into self-development. I started going to all these seminars and reading all these books. And I started to see that there was a different way to go about this life that was not so chaotic. And so I started to make some changes in my personal life, in my business. And I was feeling better, definitely not where I exactly where I wanted to be. And about five years into that, um, I found myself in the middle of a divorce and it just leveled me. Like I just was, I literally just wanted to find a place to be where I could be in my cave. And I recognized that I had spent tens of thousands of dollars on seminars and I had been involved with them and worked for them. And, and um, I didn't have any real strategies that I could call upon in my dark moment. And I just went, what the heck? You know, how could it be that I had spent all this time and energy so I decided I was going to, you know, read this book that I had, somebody had introduced me to, but I hadn't had an opportunity to start reading yet. And it was called um, A Course in Miracles. Have you heard of this book? Uh, you know, I haven't, but I mean, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't 
know if I've. I mean, the name itself, like, hello, it is, I could yeah. use Miracle. <laughs> Who couldn't? And so I was like, okay, you know, so it has 365 passages and it's meant to be one passage per day for a year, right? So, you know, month one, I'm dropping my daughter off at school, going to the beach. I know boohoo for me, sitting at the beach, reading my passage and hoping for some enlightenment and um, nothing happens other than, oh, that's kind of interesting, whatever. Month two, however, this crazy thing happens where I get to the beach, I open up the passage and these words start like popping up off the page. The path is joy. The answer is joy joy, joy, joy. And I'm like, okay. After a couple of weeks of that, I was like, literally at the beach, I threw my hands in the air and I'm like, I hear you. (laughs) I understand what the answer is now, but how do I actually get there? And then these crazy events just happened in my life. Um, I had um, an email come for a seminar uh, with this gentleman that I had met through this other seminar company. And I just signed up you know, sight unseen. Cause I had, I knew it would be positive. I figured he'd deliver and, and he did. And it was a week, turns out it was a day long seminar on, um, the visualization process that he teaches. And, um, I came home and I started visualizing how he recommended and my whole life just lined up my business that had been for sale for nine months, um, with no offers. I called my broker when I got home from the seminar and said, look, I just want to let you know, my business is going to sell by the end of the month and there's going to be a bidding war. And he was like, well, we don't like to think these things. And I was like, oh no, it's happening. And lo and behold, a week later, it went into escrow over a bidding war, actually several. And, um, and then I met the love of my life through these very weird circumstances And then lastly, I got asked if I wanted to learn to train under the guy who taught the visualization seminar. And I went and trained. I came home, put on my first seminar. And while I had everything written out, I ditched my notes in five minutes. And it was like, I got this download of all the things I had ever experienced, all the books I had read, all the seminars I had gone to, like culminated in that moment. And I went, oh, I get it. Like I'm supposed to be teaching people how to create joy in their life and cultivate it daily and live the life that they want to live now. And so that's how it all happened. <laughs> wow. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. a lot. No, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting, like, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I do talk therapy and I can see your point on there's certain times where talk therapy brings up the trauma that you're trying to sort out. And if you're not ready to deal with it, it just, you relive the trauma every day. Uh, And this was particularly came into focus with this book that Minerva, my, my fiance uh, told me about was one called the body keeps the score. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh no, but I love that title already. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Bessel Vanderkolk is the guy who does it. And he is a pretty amazing doctor and a lot of great stuff. And it's based, it's trauma. It's, he worked a lot with trauma and he wrote this Mm -hmm. book about how trauma gets internalized into the body Mm -hmm. and how, you have to downregulate your body. And I'm paraphrasing. So <laughs> read the book because <laughs> he's better at Spanish. But the gist is you have to downregulate your body because your body absorbed all this trauma until you downregulate your body and sort of calm it down. 
every time you talk about your trauma, you will relive it. Mm-hmm. And I found this to be the case, you know, when, when Jane died and that led me down a pretty dark path, to, you know, to abusing alcohol to kind of like feel, you know? And so I can totally see your point on this because, and, and again, it's like, it's interesting that you bring up joy because we, we talked a little bit about the difference between happiness and joy. And I would really love you to talk about that quickly or as long as you want, <laughs> because I really <clears throat> like the, I kind of like that balance. And, you know, I think it's so interesting how, you know, you've experienced a lot as an entrepreneur. You had all, you know, the classic stuff that a lot of us on the entrepreneur game, the external trappings of fame, fortune, and prestige driving you to quote unquote happiness. And with that, I'll let you sort of explain your, your theory on all of this. Cause it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do want to talk about that, but can I say one thing about that talk therapy thing? I just like to uh, mm-hmm. not clear the air, but I just want to explain something. It wasn't necessarily the talk. I mean, so it was the reliving of the trauma, but what created the anxiety disorder was actually, and I think your listeners might find this interesting, was actually a defense mechanism, but it took mm. me a while to realize. Yes. So I actually put up the barrier. So I put up the, so I basically decided, not consciously, of course, subconsciously, my psyche decided that rather than do the work, like get in there and feel all the feels and do the stuff. It wanted to have it wanted to have panic attacks so that I could be distracted from doing the work. That is what anxiety is. It is the distraction that keeps you from the thing, the healing and the growth that we are absolutely here to do. A hundred percent. We exist right now for the purpose of spiritual growth or self-development or what, however, whatever words work for you, that's why we are here. No other reasons, not to amass wealth. It's not to have status. It's not to have arrived anywhere, but to heal and grow. And that's why we're here. And so that anxiety disorder happened because my psyche was so afraid to look at those things. And do you know what happened when I got to the pinnacle of the anxiety that I could actually absorb and recognize? Absolutely nothing. There was nothing on the other side of that. Yeah. I thought for sure there was going to be some hidden message or um, experience that I hadn't even recognized that it happened or had stuffed down or whatever. And what was there was the desert it was void nothing like that is how powerful the mind is to cover up these feelings some people mm-hmm. do it through alcohol and drugs mm-hmm. some people do it through anxiety depression no difference exactly mm-hmm. the same and the healing process is about being able to recognize those emotions sit in them and feel them and it sounds awful but when we allow ourselves to do it it's not so awful It's just that we made up this idea that it was so awful. And so that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. It's it's not the feelings. It's the, oh my God, this might really hurt. Yeah. And it may hurt, but it's okay. No, no. And it's the muscle you have to, just like anything you develop, you have to exercise that muscle. And 
if you've already had trauma or you're already kind of at a, I don't know, at a state where this is going to be a lot harder for you based on how you grew up, your experiences or whatever, you're in the deep groove. I like to say, like you're in the groove, like this deep groove. And we hardly ever rise to the occasion. We always fall to our training and our patterns. It's a classic Mm -hmm. problem, right? So in order to get out of the jump out of the groove or smooth the groove over, you do exactly what you said. You have to embrace this. And as entrepreneurs, this is particularly important for entrepreneurs. And this is the reason why I wanted to talk with you about this, because I find it so fascinating that a lot of entrepreneurs will build their business, build their business, build their business, and they'll be on this rocket ship where they're crushing it, you know, like making all the metrics that matter. And we're like, you know, doing all these, you know, it's all, it's always sunny in startup land. Right. And it's absolute bullshit. Never. It's not really that sunny in startup land. What they, what they fail to recognize is that working on oneself. And, you know, this is what I learned from my experience, you know, with Jane's death and the subsequent challenges and struggles. And then also the joy of, you know, finding love again with Minerva and trying to figure that out, which is, again, like, you're right, like this growth mindset. But the thing that's interesting is the most important thing, important part of any entrepreneur endeavor, business, whatever, is the people. And it starts with the main entrepreneur, like you, you matter the most, if you are not squared away, so to speak, if you're having these panic attacks, anxiety, if you're not dealing with the pressure in a way that's constructive and, you know, what's going to happen to you is what's going to happen to many people, what you had in the past, right? And that's what we're trying. Well, that's what I'm trying by talking to you. Look, try to head this off at the pass. <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah. what? Like, I've got gray hair and lots of uh, you know scars and other things because um, Aaron was not here to tell me <laughs> spit the truth. So, um, yeah, I so, I agree. It's it it is as glamorous as being an entrepreneur looks. Um, not so much. There are definitely what I call Cinderella moments. <laughs> You know, like literally my old business was a cleaning and property management business. And so there were definitely moments years and years into it where I was like, we screwed up and I got to run out and go clean a unit all of a sudden, like on my hands and knees with guests about to arrive. (laughs) You know, I mean, it is not glamorous sometimes at all, you know, and even when you have the success and all the things, ultimately buck stops with you. I don't care if you have an employee doing something crazy. It is all you. You're responsible for all those things. So why not figure yourself out so that when you get into those situations, you can just, you know, blow it off. I mean, not have to, you know, uh, take them in on a deep level and just, you know, do what you got to do and move on. Um, And I just, it took me years to figure, I mean, decades, in fact, almost two decades to figure it out um, that I didn't need to be so frantic and stressed out and overwhelmed all the time that I could, you know, I mean, one of the things I work with entrepreneurs all the time, because they're the ones that have a lot of anxiety and overwhelm, a lot of responsibility, right? And so um, recognizing that you can, you know, that we, all these entrepreneurs have like control issues, right? want to control all the things, you know, and it's like, I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, only thing you can control is you 
and how you're reacting to all the things. That is, That's the biggest piece. That is so true. I, I used to tell all the new like managers, entrepreneurs, bosses, leaders, or whatever. I say, like the sooner you realize you have no control of anything, the better. And, <laughs> and they freak out. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like I have five people. I have 10 people. I have a hundred people. I tell them what to do. And I go, but you can't guarantee they're going to do anything. Yeah. You literally and they have, don't. <laughs> and they don't, right? You have no control about what people do. Yeah. And you can put policy and procedure oh, yeah, in place yeah, and all yeah, the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all like, yeah, whatever. Right. But, the, <laughs> but, but the, so the thing is one, yes, you can control yourself and which is absolutely like pretty much the only thing you have control over to a certain degree. But the thing, the true leader, true entrepreneur, the true person that's trying to build something, their job, the only job they have is to motivate those people to come along the journey with them. That does not mean telling them what to do. That does not mean, you know, it's like, do this or you're fired. Like, okay, whatever. Like the, the illusion of control, like to your point, it's an absolute illusion. <laughs> you have none. Yeah. You have none. And as soon as you recognize that, and I mean, this took me, same thing, it took me 20 years to figure this out. You become a lot more calm, a lot more comfortable and then you start really working on what matters. And what really matters, of course, in the entrepreneur game is like, this is the journey I'm on. My, my job is to communicate the journey so that you're inspired to do what I would like you to do. That's my job, <laughs> you know? And okay, you know, and, and, and I, think, I think, you know, what you, how you coach entrepreneurs and everything to try to, that's the, God, that's the goal, the nugget, the secret sauce, the the thing that I wish everyone could just internalize like really quick to be like. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, getting back to what you said before, you know, the difference between happiness and joy comes in right here because the difference between happiness, happiness is based on external events. It's based on, I get the car, I'm super excited but it's fleeting because at some point it's just a car. It's going to get you from A to B. That's it, right? There's never, so you cannot win at that game. That is a no winning game. That is a never going to be enough money. It's never going to be a nice enough car. There's never going to be a big enough house. It's never going to be a perfect relationship. None of those things can be enough ever. And I, it took me decades to figure this out because I was always like setting these huge goals, crushing them, getting across the finish line and like literally happiness for a second. And then I was like, oh, well, that didn't do the trick. I need to set an even bigger goal. Let me go after this other thing. Right. And I did it in all areas of my life, not just my business, but like I was doing triathlons and literally finish, get across the finish line and go home and find the next one to do that I could either do better time or it was longer distance or, I mean, like this is insanity. No, I <laughs> did the this same. This was who I was. I did the same ever. thing. I was a triathlete for a long time, did an Ironman, did all these things. And yeah, I found no joy. <laughs> I, I mean, I used to, I, my part-time job at one point was training for my Ironman. Oh, I know. I, I was just training for a half Ironman. I can't even imagine what a full Ironman yeah, is like. It was, it was like 20 hours a week of training and it ruined my marriage. Yeah. My, and it will do that hundred yeah. percent. And I, yeah, had, I mean, I, it's so funny because I had clients that were one of which was an Ironman and the wife 
And they were, and she was like, you know, what are you doing? I was like, I'm training for a half Ironman right now to qualify for the Ironman. And she was like, let me just explain something to you. <laughs> it is a very selfish endeavor. And as long as the people in your life are on board with that and recognize it, that you're going to be gone a lot working out, you know, incessantly. I mean, I was just for the half Ironman, I was training with my trainer five, six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I can't Man, even imagine what. Yeah. I mean, I, I would spend at least five or six hours on a Sunday biking. Like that was my normal <laughs> bike. That was like, I'm going to do a five or six hour bike ride today. And yeah, I mean, literally during this whole time, I mean, my five wife left. or six hours, Yeah, my, my wife, Jeez. my wife left me. My first wife left me. She's like, I mean, it, it, some I'm sure had some, a lot to do with that. There was a lot of other things, but of course, yeah. to, to, to your, to your point about <clears throat> buy-in from those around you that love you and care about you and want to have your best interests at heart. It's the same with an entre being an entrepreneur because <laughs> yes. the business is like training for an Ironman. You're yes, never around, right? I mean, yeah. I was in pretty good. Oh, no, you're shape. there, but you're not yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Present. That's, you so exist. That's, your body yeah. is there, but you're right. <laughs> that that's also a great point, right? The um, the presence of mind, and again, I had, I still have a problem with this. So I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm everything's a work in progress, but <laughs> yeah. But as entrepreneurs, we get and triathletes and type A people that obsess about goals. <laughs> you uh, you you tend to get down the rabbit hole, and you get become you can be become, become obsessed with oh I got to grow my business and you always think about it. So as an entrepreneur, your entrepreneurial lifestyle is you're constantly quote unquote on, and that is going to affect everyone in your life every single person. Right. And I think you had that similar experience. And the reason why I think this whole happiness, joy thing is the more joy you have that internal feeling, you more, then you start to become, at least I start to become more present. That presence, that's the gift that you give everyone that that's why, I mean, that's, that's just the love and everything. So, yeah, I mean, so so the happiness is the external piece, right? It's the no win game. I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I like stuff too. I'm hundred percent all in. I got my eye on a couple of things, <laughs> um, but I know that those things don't bring me what I call joy, which is the internal journey of recognizing that all is well at this moment right here. And that this moment is all we're guaranteed. I mean, joy, when you think of joy, you're thinking like, you know, raising your arms up in the air, jumping up and down. Yes, it has those qualities too, but it also has qualities like stillness, peace of mind, calm, right? Those are joy too. Being present right now mm. in this only guaranteed moment at this very time, you know, being open and um, in relationship with people in a deep way, because I know we are not on our deathbed thinking, I wish I had worked more. I wish I had amassed <laughs> more money. You know, I wish I had more things, right. Uh, We're thinking like, I wish I had deep, meaningful relationships with people. Like that's the thing. 
So yeah. why are we spending so much time talking about amassing money? Like, what is that about? It's about this idea that when we have this external thing that I will be happy because when you ask people like, what is it they want? Guarantee most everybody's going to say, I want to be happy. And I say, no, you want to be in joy now. That experience is possible now, regardless of what your life looks like, regardless of how awful it seems or that you're not where you need to be. People need to understand that they have value without having to achieve anything. There's nothing you need to do. There's no certificate. There's no trophy. There's no nothing. Just existing in this time and space because whatever created all of this is part of you. And would whoever could create this incredible world that we live in, like, you know, the sun is shining today, all the beautiful things. Like that is an internal experience. Does the sun happen to be shining? Yes. And it's helping aid my internal experience. But my internal experience is the same, regardless of what's going on out here. And most people, I don't think that's the case. And that's what I want them to understand. That, you know, I think about like the other day, it's been sunny here, which is not the norm. <laughs> yeah, you're in Portland. That's like yeah. rare. And I was thinking, like, I've been walking down this part of the street with a dog every morning and the sun's shining on my face and I close my eyes. I'm walking down the middle of the street. Could be cars. I don't even care because you know that feeling when you can feel the heat of the sun, you're just like, oh, oh, that feels so good. Like that is my experience all the time. That's possible. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean. When. When Jane died, I I realized that every day is a gift, um, and I try, and I don't I don't make it I don't do it. I mean, I don't succeed every day, but every day is a gift. And how did I use my day today? And I still struggle with this being present and not thinking about what I'm trying to build and all the cool things, especially around people that I love, and just really trying to. It's hard because you you get your groove in your groove. And so that, the whole thought of enjoying the time that you have, because one thing that I also realized is that you only have a finite amount of time. And I had a boss um, who would always say, you can print money, but you can't print time. Mm. And it's very profound in one sense. Because his mantra was, if you can spend money to save time, then you should do it if you have it, right? And I, you know, and what's interesting because I always never, I never, I never really respected my time until I re- realized that it's so precious and it could be taken away at any time, that every day should be should be lived in a state of joy. And, and like, don't get me wrong, right? You had to have long-term plans and you got to, you know, you got to do all that sort of stuff. But the obsession with the rat race, the spinning flywheel, the hamster wheel of accomplishment, 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 accomplishment. The, 
the hamster wheel will break and it will fly off into the ocean with you on it, right? <laughs> um, and so I'm curious how how do you how do you take these entrepreneur type A, you know, Iron Man type folk <laughs> and change their perspective or help them realize this? I mean, it 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 must just be a challenging process. I mean, it yeah, how, how do you go about that? You know, it's so interesting because every client that I work with is so different, even though they have, I mean, we are all so much more alike than we are different. Like we try to like act like we're not, but we hundred percent are like, everybody wants to be loved and love. And ultimately, if you grind it all the way down to that, that is exactly where we are all as human beings. Um, you know, but when people come to me, they're in different like states of knowingness, right? Like some people are just like, I'm not quite sure why I'm here. <laughs> and um, you are a little bit woo-woo and I'm not 100% sure I can buy into whatever you're about to say, right? So I go, okay. And then when they hear my story, they're like, oh, you are me. Wait, how could you be this other thing now? Yeah, like, I love it. I love it. You see me, right? Like I'm pretty happy person, pretty enjoy all the time, you know? Like, and they're like, yeah, I want that. Like they want what I have, but they're scared because they're like, you don't, you, you know, you seem like that, you know, woo woo person that I'm <laughs> not quite sure about. And uh, Minerva and so, says that all the time. She's like, yeah, okay. It's a little woo woo, but just hear me out. And I'm all, okay. I know what, I know what that means. And it's, I love that. I'm sorry. I just had to bring that up. So <laughs> no, cool. no. A little woo. And I so it. I have to meet people where they're at, you know, like what, you know, so I just sort of try stuff out, you know, I just go, well, you know, you ever heard of that, like mind body connection where, you know, like we like to, you know, it's pretty common that like, oh, stress leads to heart attacks, right? That would be a mind body connection, right? That would be like stressing. Now let me take it a step further. Who do you think caused the stress? You probably think, oh, this person and that situation and all these things, Actually, I'm going to show you how that's not the case, how you're the one that created that experience. And you're probably not going to like it out of the gate, but I'll keep explaining it to you until you recognize that if you are having an experience in your life, it is yours that you've created your own self um, because we can only have the experiences that we know about. And I always like to use the example, like you ever go to a party with somebody and they're um, you know, they're like, oh, I can't stand that person. They're, you know, rude or whatever the thing is. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't feel like that at all. We had this really cool conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. who's right? Who's wrong? Well, nobody is. Right. That person is triggering things for that other person. And for you, that doesn't exist in your reality. So when I can explain something that you are the one creating your reality based on past experiences, and we can look at those past experiences and begin to get some separateness from them, like separate yourself from that story and create a new story and learn some very specific processes and strategies to reframing your brain, that down-regulating thing you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, and getting people to understand, like, you are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You own them now and you think they are who you are, but 
I'll prove it to you right now that you're not those things. If you can have a thought and recognize what that thought is, who is that? Hmm. And if you can have an emotion and name that emotion, who is that? Hmm. The who is naming, that's actually who you are. All these other things are practice behaviors based on past experiences that you can actually change at any time. And that is an empowering thing. So when I say you are responsible for the reality that you've created, Mm -hmm. it is 100% true. And that doesn't involve shame, blame, or any of those other things that don't feel good. That is your power position. That is empowering you to go, wait a minute. If I can change my thoughts and my thoughts create my reality and I'm responsible for that, look out world. What can I create? intentionally when I understand these things. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so fascinating because, you know, there's this, this whole debate over determinism and free will, which we'll, we'll get a little woo woo sciencey thing too as well. And what, what you said about you can control your thoughts and feelings. You know, I, I, I somewhat disagree with that in the short term, because I think what happens is all of these patterns we just revert back to our patterns and, and we can go down the rabbit hole pretty quick. What I think is really powerful about what you said is that you are now training yourself to, to, to get out of those patterns. And then over time, as time goes on, those will be your new patterns. And I find that so fascinating because a lot, the, the reason why I bring this up is a lot of people will, will blame themselves. This is just the way I am classic, like I'm stupid. I'm this. Oh, you know what? I just get angry. Right. And yes. Okay. I can give you a pass on your environment, where you've been, the patterns that you put into that may be your reaction and your emotion, but, and this is, this is Minerva taught me this, but once you can recognize that, then it's on you to get out of those patterns. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> As you know, it's not. It took me 20 years. It took you 20 years, right? I mean, this is why I wanted to talk about this. And this is why it's really important that we have discussions about this because the mental health of, of entrepreneurs and the world and is, is because we don't reflect on these things, right? We don't, we don't really... I mean, it's hard for me to to say or put into words because it gets it gets emotional about it because I can see from my past, I'm sure probably similar. Boy, I wish I knew what I knew now. <laughs> I would have probably would have had a little easier time. Or maybe I was just supposed to experience it so that I could be who I am. I don't know. Yeah, I think the sooner we can let go of this idea that we know how everything's supposed to play out, the better our experience, right? I mean, if I, I mean, you know, I have clients that, you know, they're like, well, you know, this employee did that and that it really irritates me. And I was like, they're your biggest gift right now, right? (laughs) You get to like dive in on why that's so, you know, and why you think it should. I'm like, who are you? I mean, not to be rude, but like, why is your expectation the end all be all for everybody? You know, they didn't all commit 
to these ideas that you have of what's right and wrong and how everything should be done. I get that you own a business and that you have trained people to do certain things, but they have other trainings before you that trump yours, these beliefs that we created that describe what is right and wrong for us, each individual. And that's where we do differ is like we've had different experiences. So we think that life is supposed to be, you know, it's like this, it's this faulty formula. It's like, if X, then Y, like if I do this, then I'll have success. Then I'll have whatever the thing is we think we need in order to feel good. And the reality is, is that formula is faulty. The formula should be whatever is, is I will put energy in directions and then I will allow life to unfold as it will. The sooner you can realize that you cannot control people or circumstances to fit how you would like, and and if they did, that made you feel better, sooner you can realize that that is faulty, the better off you are. Because you can, I mean, I know plenty of entrepreneurs that have, um, you know, put their all money, time, effort, did all the things and still didn't have success. And so there's no guarantee here. And when we think there are guarantees, that's where the resistance is. And resistance is, um, as they say, futile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Wow. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give new entrepreneurs, younger entrepreneurs coming up? What, what do you, what would you tell them? I would say, as I said earlier, it's not all about the Benjamins. Um, That will not sustain you. Make sure if you're going to start a business that you are 100% in alignment with the deepest part of you. It's fine to have goals. Actually, I don't really even have goals anymore in terms of, I used to, if you'd asked me, who's Aaron? I would have said, I'm goal-oriented. I am not goal-oriented anymore. I am service-oriented now, and I think that's creating a better experience for me. I cannot change the circumstances in anybody's lives in terms of you know wealth or any of these other things, and I won't even purport to do that. What And I will say that happens to be a side effect of hanging out with me. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, I can help you have a different experience, and that is what's most important. In my mind, it's not about those other things because they create external experiences. I'm after creating an experience of, I don't, you know, of not having regretted any moment that I made conscious, intentional choices, how I was spending my time, how I was creating relationships. And that goes for business too. It is that important. It's less about, you know, follow this blueprint and do all the things and more about how do I show up in this world? What is my unique uh, value proposition to speak in uh, business terms? Like, who am I? What can I uniquely bring to this world? We are dying to see what that is. Don't sell out to the money thing. Fine, make a bunch of money. That's all cool too. But that won't, that goal of, you know, making six, seven, eight figures, whatever your thing is, is not the thing. And it will not provide 
uh, value on a deep level for you, nor will it provide value for those around you. I think, you know, uh, my old business, a lot of my clients were multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires, um, you know, that had second, third, 12th, 15th homes, whatever, um, on the coast of Kona, Hawaii. Um, some of the most miserable people I know. Are they super good at making money? Absolutely. Are they super good at enjoying their lives? 100% not. You know, so they yeah. can't, you can't take it with you. We're not getting out of this alive. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than like, let's do this in a way that matters, you know? Yeah. Like today matters. What are you going to do? I read this or I can't remember. If, I can't even remember what the source was. But I'll tell you, it's been, uh, I was going to say haunting, but not haunting in a bad way, but like, it just keeps coming up for me over and over again for the last two weeks. And it is this, if what I, if these ideas that I think are important in my life are important, where am I showing up and putting energy in those things? Right. And, you know, just so happens, not by accident that what I do, I a hundred percent love. And is it fulfilling? You betcha, you know, helping people recognize their worth and that they can enjoy their lives right now. Yes, but it is still work. And so I've had to check myself recently and go, you know, uh, weed out these things. Like, you know, we fill up our schedule. Oh, I have a full schedule. I'm so important. And when people tell me that I just go, why? Do all those things bring you joy? Because if they don't, what a waste, you know? And um, yeah. I had a client the other day. I keep talking about him because I just, it just is so funny to me now. He's like, he's like, I'm afraid to show you my, my calendar, but I kind of <laughs> want to. And I was like, uh, let's see it. So he shows it to me. He's literally like every moment of every day scheduled out. And I was like, he's like, I'm not sure if you're going to be like disappointed in me or you're going to like high five me on this one. And I said, if all of those things bring you joy, then wonderful. Uh, my guess is not so much. So, you know, like I purposely don't schedule things yeah, and me um, too. Me move too. things out. And, you know, I'm like, the sun is shining. I'm, I want to be outside. I love to play tennis. I like to go yeah. for walks and hikes. I mean, I'm going to be doing those things. Yeah. And I have other things in my life besides my work, even though it brings me so much joy to be in service to others. So that's what I would say is like, if you're going to start a business, just make sure you are hundred percent aligned on a very deep level. And money is not a deep level. Just letting you know. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your time today. It's been really insightful and uh, good luck with everything. And please do uh, stay in touch. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having these platforms. It is so important to have these conversations, not just for business, but for humanity. Like this, this is the stuff that I think is the most important. All those other things are great too, but, but this is the stuff. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again, Aaron, for being on the show. Now, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my discussion with Aaron. 
Acknowledge that you can't control other people or events. Focus on what you can control, which is really only yourself, and let the rest take care of itself. There is no guarantee of success, and the sooner that you drop that belief, the better. Don't rely on external people or events or things to be happy or to make you happy. Instead, cultivate joy in the present moment's experiences. Now, this can sometimes be hard for us entrepreneurs because of chaos in the world, but it's really this whole idea of enjoying the journey, like living in the day and the now. Get 100% aligned on a deep level around your business or vocation. Live your purpose. Your body keeps the score when it comes to stress, strain, and trauma. Find the time to move around to down-regulate your body so that you can have more joy in your life. And this is based on that book, The Body Keeps the Score. Really have to make sure that, you know, in order to deal with all of the stress and strain of being an entrepreneur, that you actually have to get rid of that energy. I know it sounds a little strange, but um, movement and trying to down-regulate your immune system will be – or. or all of your systems actually will, will be a lot better for you. So there you have it. Some actionable insights I learned from my interview with Aaron. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.